0: This is Happy Health with your host, Michelle Happy.
1: Hi, welcome to Happy Health. Um, Today I wanted to talk about caring for elders who are at or near the end of life. Um, I think it's appropriate that we're doing this um, during, you know, the days of COVID because people are dying. Um, in fact, I just had a client whose mother was in a, a care, a nursing facility, long-term nursing facility, and she contracted it and was dead within like three days. Um, so it's kind of on our mind a lot, getting sick and dying and the fear of getting sick and the fear of dying. And from the Buddhist perspective, death is really a part of life and that we're taught as Buddhists to treasure life and do whatever we can to uh, stay alive and healthy and care for our body, our temple, so to speak. Um, but also there's a really healthy attitude about the fact that we do all die. And um, one of the things that I've learned so much is that suffering near the end of life is a, a form of purification, that it's it's sort of like preparing you for a higher rebirth, hopefully into the human realm, um, and, and that... Um, you know terrible suffering is terrible but we all are going to suffer we're all going to get sick decrepit something's going to take all of us at some point point. and um i think it's just important to know that and acknowledge that it's not going to be fun but that at least we're we're burning off some karma as we do it we're improving our karma. Do you have I'm here with Chris Johnson and he's I can see him and he's smiling. So I got to get your comment on this, Chris.
0: Well, it just reminds me of something I heard uh, Leonard Cohen say when asked about his death and he says, well, it's it's not the death, it's the preliminaries.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and so I thought it would be good. And he was a Buddhist too, you know. Yes. Um, it is the pre- preliminaries. And if you are in the position of caring for someone, whether it be uh, a parent or a spouse, or even a child who is terminal, I think it's important to know what our options are. And what I think are the better options, because I have a lot Of experience about this my the first death in my life was my brother when I was 17 he died in a motorcycle accident and then um the next death was my dad who died of cancer he was on hospice for maybe eight hours um and had a very—it was pretty rapid. It was like diagnosis to death was four months, so I wasn't as involved with that. Um, then my son's father committed suicide in the early aughts um, by gunshot wound to the head, and I—I I, I chuckle not because it's funny; it's just that. I, I'm qualified to talk about this stuff. It seems like I've experienced this on on every level, and then most recently, our uncle. This is my uncle through marriage. Our uncle Tom died of Alzheimer's within the last three years or so, and my mom died March nineteenth. So um, it's and. It, Chris, if you have any questions about this, feel free to ask. But um, I, I've got a Ph.D. in death of others. so.
0: Uh, well, my question is, you know, there's a difference between sudden death, like your brother's motorcycle accident, and then a lingering right. death from, right. from illness. So, I mean, one, you can – well, I guess you're, you're never prepared – Entirely, but a sudden death, of course, there's no preparation. But when you right. know someone's going to die, you have, can I say, the luxury of trying to plan for it?
1: That's exactly right. And that I think that's so important. So I want to talk about options. Um, so when Tom, when Tom got sick with Alzheimer's, my uncle Tom, Uh, we, we, he was a a single man alone in Ames, Iowa, and we went and got him and brought him here. And at that point he's, he seemed quite well. Um, his memory was odd and he was beginning to have some trouble talking, but he was a blast. I fell in love with him. It was the first time I, I had met him and, um, he lived with us for a little while. But he really wanted to find a place to live where he could get care. So we moved him into a very fancy assisted living place here in, in Reno. Um, actually, two different assisted living places. One was far away. When the other one was finished that was closer to us, we moved him and his brother Bill, Bill. Steve my husband Steve's father into uh, the same place and Tom started out in assisted living it was a beautiful place Um, the food was kind of crappy the care was even less wonderful it it felt like it felt to me like we really had to advocate for him Um, that this was a business, it was a heads-in-the-beds kind of a place where it just felt like profit motive, but it was beautiful. So he had a beautiful apartment. He had views of the Sierra. um, But when he became incontinent, it became time to put him into what they call memory care in the same facility. And his care there was better, than um, the assisted living part. It's also, we should talk money, I think. I mean, it was quite pricey. He, it started off, I think he was paying um, around 4000 a month. Wow. And near the end, it was getting close to 6000 a month. Uh, now, keep in mind... That If you go into one of these facilities, that's for everything. They feed you three meals a day. Um, They do your laundry if you want them to. They, I'll say, I'm doing air quotes here, they clean your apartment. Not really. I I would go in and scrub the floors, and Mm -hmm. it was not that clean. So they didn't do that good a job with that. But he got much better care in memory care. Um, and memory care is a place where everybody is in some form of dementia, whether it be Alzheimer's or vascular dementia. And he he died there and his death was very good. Along the way, we consulted with a hospice company. Now here in Nevada, and I think it's this way most everywhere, hospice if you qualify, they have to come out and do an evaluation. If you qualify, Medicare pays for for all the care. And he, he qualified easily. Um, and they took wonderful care of him. We fell in love with all the people. Nurses, CNAs would come and bathe him. At the end, they, you know, they changed his diapers, they rolled him, they were there all the time. Nurses would come, doctors would come. So I have nothing but good things to say about hospice. And what I would urge about that is that even if you feel like it's too soon, have your loved one evaluated because the care that, that they give is, I consider, essential and very good. And they will, you know, they'll let you know what to look for when somebody is ready to go into hospice. So Tom was on hospice for um, almost a year, I believe, and his care increased over time. And he had a pretty good death. You know, it wasn't he was hanging out and walking around and and doing things. Probably up to three weeks before he died. Oh. So then there's the story of my mother. And my mother, her, her personality was much more salty than Tom's personality. And also her progression of her uh, illness was so much slower. She was. Uh, She was very, very tough. So initially she lived in a condo that we owned. She was independent. Um, We hired a friend to help her with shopping because she wasn't driving. And um, she paid for most of that out of her Social Security and my dad's pension. Um, But it came time where she she had... a medical issue around constipation. And the doctor, I was so grateful for this doctor because my mom was a pill and she was very stubborn and she really wanted to live alone. And the doctor said, Louise, you can't live alone anymore. So um, she, when the authority told her that, she was willing to make the change so we we found an independent living place that was not really she-she because she didn't have the kind of funds that Tom had. And I think it was seventeen, fifty a month. She had a a nice, large room. They fed her three meals a day. She did well there for uh, probably close to a year, and then she fell and broke okay. her hip. Um, And when she broke her hip, she started—and she was becoming aware that her brain wasn't working properly. Um, So after that, she started having a lot more anxiety and memory problems and those kind of difficulties. She was in, at that point, a nursing home, which is another— care facility that generally here in Nevada, you know, every state is different, but here in Nevada, nursing homes are for um, temporary care. So she was there for months, she hated it, She, but she got a lot of care. She had physical therapy every day. Of course, my mom breaks her hip, which often this is what kills people. She doesn't even need surgery. She's healed in three months. And walking around. Um, and at that point, we needed to find some better care, some you not know, independent living. And I found a group home. Now, group homes are homes that house usually five to six, maybe up to 15 people, depending on how large the home is. It's usually a residential home. And we found a a place called Summerdale here in Reno, and they were great. Now, the difference between the group home and the fancy schmancy assisted living place is the home was kind of funky. You know, it was built in the 70s. There were scuffs on the wall from wheelchairs and that sort of thing. The rooms were super small. Uh, the place was clean, um, and the care was excellent. Now, if I had to choose for myself, when it's time for me to go someplace, I want to go to a group home. Um, in fact, I I want to go to Summerdale. Ah. We got we got very close with the caregivers there and the owner named Eugene. I, I remember talking to Eugene, saying, "How long has my mom been here? It's been like." almost four years, right? And he goes, yeah, but it seems like more. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she was a pill. Uh-huh. Um, and so I would go to him and say, is she ready for hospice? And he'd say, oh, no way. Because they know a lot of people who go into group homes are really at the end of life. They're not, it isn't assisted living. It's a higher level of care. And, you know, he was very aware of what to look for. And um, finally, after about the third year, she was ready for hospice. We used the same company for that. We knew all the people. um, And she started getting care from hospice. And she was on hospice for about a year. She got congestive heart failure. Her legs swelled up blistered. I mean, it was really rough. And she just got weaker and weaker and weaker and started falling more and more and more um, until she finally died on March 19th, Mm. which was, it was, it was tough, but it was a good place for her to be. And Steve's father, Bill, is in that same group home now. He's um, suffering from late stage COPD and he's getting weaker and weaker. He's on hospice also. So we know about this stuff. So your options are assisted living, nursing homes um, for temporary. There's also rehab facilities after falls. They'll, they'll sometimes put people into rehab facilities um, and then the group homes and my choice far and away is the group home.
0: What about people who don't have resources for any of this?
1: Well, oh, thank you for asking. That's really good. My mom went, when she got into Somerdale, the group home, it's not cheap. It was about 3000 a month. It, you know, you think, well, it's kind of funky, but the care is so much better um, that it was worth it. So she had about seventeen thousand in the bank. And Eugene helped me after a period of time when her he said when your mom's money gets down to about nine thousand, you need to start applying for Medicaid. Okay. And that and here in Nevada I, I couldn't believe all the wonderful help I got. But here in Nevada, I went to, and Eugene told me about this place, Aging and Disability Services, full of sh- social workers. And they help you apply for Medicaid. Okay. And you have to, like, have proof of every penny. You have to have less than $2,000 to your name, Um I I paid Eugene like 3 months in advance. So that was like $9,000 because it takes a good 3 months to to qualify. She got rejected the first time, which really freaked me out, but later they said they always reject the first time just like insurance companies. So we persevered, they helped us. She was finally approved and I had to make sure that her accounts stayed low, you know, otherwise right. she would have been bumped bumped up because she received probably 1800 a month Social Security and pension. And so Medicare, Medicaid, excuse me, Medicaid paid the bulk of Eugene's rent, of my mom's rent, my mom they they determine how much the patient has to pay, so she had to pay around eleven hundred a month at that okay. point, which was very affordable for her. So there's all these financial issues too, that you have to go through and and another thing that we did with Tom, we did it through a lawyer with my mom. I just happened to have an old client who was also a lawyer who was working at the senior center and his job was to help with power of attorney. So we took my mom over there and George helped her helped me get power of attorney over her. So that's another thing that's really important to do if you're caring for someone who's lo- losing their faculties that you get power of attorney. Well, and not. it can be done, if, if your income is low, senior centers is a good place to go. If you've got the money, hire a good attorney. It isn't that expensive.
0: Well, that's so. good. There's all that big government out there to help.
1: <laughs> it was amazing, really. I mean, I'm such, I've always been a believer, but um, I am just so grateful to all the help that I got from people because it was kind of scary. So now we're, we're prepared, you know, I'm 70 this year. Steve is, um, 66 this year. Okay. Um, I feel pretty good, but you never know. I mean, we might get COVID and go.
0: Yeah. So. Well, uh, you're aware of, I mean, since you've been through it, There's not going to be any surprises. And you've already.
1: There are no surprises. My deal is if I get like my mom, roll me off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah. Because that is, I mean, she had a lot of suffering. The other thing that hospice does near the end, which I was so grateful for, is they keep their patient out of pain. Um, And both Tom and my mom were receiving. A, a liquid morphine that that goes through the mouth. You don't even have to be able to swallow. Oh, wow. But they were getting morphine like every hour to keep them out of pain. Oh. And I was like, I mean, we ran into some crazy stuff with my mom because she was very strong and wouldn't go in a bed. She slept in a chair all the time.
0: Wow.
1: Um, but then she kept falling out of the chair. So we ended up, we, you know, those hospital beds have railings, but you right. can't pull the railings up because that's considered, um, what, what do you call it? Restraint. Oh. And I was like, well, then give her a bunch of morphine and just, you know, well, no, we can't do that because that's chemical restraint. So, and those are against the law. You find all these things out when you, go through this. So we ended up putting my mom's mattress on the floor and people cared for her while she was on the floor because she would just get out. She would, she would, and she'd even like get off the bed and wander around on the floor. But she had numerous, she had in the last three weeks of her life, I think she was falling two or three times a week. Oh man! So yeah, it was, it was something else. So after she died I was like joyous because her suffering was over. You know, it was really a great relief. So there's all different kinds of ways. You, both your parents are gone, aren't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. How did they go?
0: Uh, quickly. My father My father had a heart attack and died in hours. And uh, my mom had a incident, uh, she bled to death internally from alcoholism.
1: Oh, your mom was an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. That, so she had varices.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: That, that was the cause right. of death. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Um, so it was quick for her too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Although you had to do with her alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you didn't obviously Chris did not want to speak too much about this. I'm no, no, sorry. That's, it's okay. <laughs> I it out.
0: It's been it's been it's been a long time, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the next is you.
0: Yes. I'm next in line.
1: You're next in line. And and so I think it's really important to think about this. I also believe it's incredi- incredibly important to have a will. Or a will and a trust, depending on your financial condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you may, you know, that you've got a good executor. And if you do have any kind of wealth, um, I think near the end of life, it's best to have it all in one place. Like ours is all with Edward Jones. So for our descendants, um, It's easy for them to go through. We also have a trust. So I just think it's very important to make sure you have all that stuff buttoned up. When my dad was dying of cancer, he had no will. I was like 30 and pregnant and trying to get him to sign just like a holographic will. His blood pressure was so low at that point he couldn't write anymore. Um, Oh, man. So we had to go through probate. And our family was very agreeable. We just split everything evenly, including my mom, who was divorced from my dad for many, many years. Um, So, but it doesn't always work out that way. It can be so ugly and awful. Right.
0: That's bad enough dealing with death to not have to deal with the court system after that.
1: Exactly. So it's really important to get all that stuff. It's worth it. It yeah. is well worth it, spending the money to do it and have it and and do it well. So um what I'd like to say to anybody who's listening to this, if you have any questions or topics on any any topic that has to do with anything, um, you can email me and I'll be happy to. Include that as a topic if you have specific questions about what we've talked about. um, Send your topics to me through email at mhappy.com. And I'll do another podcast and try to answer those questions. Very good. All right. So until next time, it's been a while, but I'm glad to be back and... um, Thank you for your help, Chris. As always, I so appreciate it.
0: You can subscribe to and like the Happy Health Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to like Happy Health on iTunes. You can find Michelle's contact information at mhappy.com. That's M-H-A-P-P-E dot com.